0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: If we can treat them with the same way that that Jesus treated those that came against Him, what do you say? You know, He was reviled and yet He opened not His mouth. He was led as a sheep like to the slaughter and, and He didn't say a thing. If we could bless our enemies if we could really get to that place of maturity in our Christian faith, to where we really and truly could bless our enemies, if we could get to that place in our Christian life, I know that God would use us then.
0: Has anyone ever come against you because of your faith, made fun of you, maybe even screamed at you? If that's something that's bothered you in the past, there are a few things you ought to remember. First, we are in good company. Jesus himself was persecuted, and countless saints followed his example. Also, when anyone comes against God's children, he treats it as if they're coming against him. You don't need to say word in defense, because God is your defense against injustice. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verse 4, for today's study.
1: He goes on to say in verse 4, even though Edom has said, and that's the, that's the people that have come out of Esau... Even though Edom has said, why, we've never been impoverished. And we'll return and we'll build the desolate places. Again, there was ego and pride that was there that continued to drive them. There was absolutely no repentance. There was nothing that said in the desolation of their land to say, we've sinned against God Almighty, and that's the reason why we're in this shape. I'm going to pause for a second and get political for a moment. We look at our nation, we look at our, 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 our finance, we look at the, the moral culture, we look at the family breakdown, we look at, what are we, like 29th on the list of, of education of of uh, of, uh, uh, of advanced uh, nations. It was in the paper just within the last day or so. And, and you look at us and you think, why would we be that way? We can make this better. We just need to try harder. We just need to do this. We need to do that. Maybe what needs to happen is our nation needs to repent. For turning our backs on God for years and years. I believe that we're reaping the harvest of that. And when you look and you say, impoverished? Yeah. How many people in our nation got hit so hard? And yet now they're saying, hey, but the economy's on the rebound. Uh, the, 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 Dow Jones is over, you know, 16,000 or whatever it is. And everything's doing good. Everything's fine. Put on a happy face. It's all good. Go out and buy. Get a piece of credit card. Go out and buy everything. Push and we push and push. Without people saying, you know, no. We're a nation that's turned its back on God. And I don't believe that God's finished chastising us. Okay, end of political. Put that down. But I believe that's the real truth. For us as a people. Thus says the Lord God, still in verse 4, the second half of it. Thus says the Lord of hosts, sorry. They might build, but I'll throw it down. And they shall be called the territory of wickedness. And the people against whom the Lord will have indignation for a season. What does it say? Forever. You know that there are no more Edomites? They are all gone. There are no more Edomites. As a matter of fact, we we look at this and Ezekiel wrote back in in around 1600 B.C. um, In fact, keep your place in Malachi. And if you would turn back to Ezekiel chapter uh, 35, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel 35, we don't have time to read all of it. Or if you listen fast, maybe we will. Okay. In Ezekiel chapter thirty five. Now this was about two hundred years prior to Malachi's declaration. And listen what the Lord says. Again, Mount Sire, uh Sire, uh Edom, uh the descendants of Esau, they're they're all the same, okay? So in chapter thirty five of Ezekiel, beginning in verse one, we read Moreover, the word of the Lord now this isn't the burden of the Lord, this is different. He's using a different word, but the word of the Lord is coming. Might as well be the burden of the Lord, because here it says, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir, and prophesy against it, and say to it, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O Mount Seir, I am against you. I will stretch out my hand against you, and I will make you most desolate. And I shall lay your cities waste, and you shall be desolate. And then you shall know that I am the Lord, because you have an ancient hatred And you shed the blood of the children of Israel by the power of the sword at the time of their calamity. And we talked about this a few weeks ago as we were going through some of the mighty prophets, how Edom actually used uh, the battles that Judah was fighting against their enemies to their own opportunity and if people from the the from Judah would would run then the Edomites would come and they would slay the children of Israel or they would take them captive so they continually used that every time an enemy would come to Judah they would come and they would fight on the enemy's side he says when they're at iniqui- uh, let's see Uh, by the power of the sword at the time of their calamity, when their iniquity came to an end. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God, I will prepare you for blood, and blood shall pursue you, since you have not hated blood. Therefore, blood shall pursue you. Thus, I will make Mount Sire most desolate, and cut off from it the one who leaves and the one who returns. In other words, coming or going, he's going to get you. Okay? And I will fill its mountains with the slain on your hills and in your valleys and in all your ravines. Those who are slain by the sword shall fall. I will make you, what does the word say? In my New King James, it says perpetually desolate, everlasting desolate. Because that's what perpetually means. It's always going to be that way. Now, this was 600 years before Christ. We're now 2,000 years or so after Christ, okay? And it's still desolate, still desolate. I'll make you perpetually desolate, and your cities shall be uninhabited, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. Because you have said, these two nations and these two countries shall be mine, and we will possess them, again, that pride and that arrogance, although the Lord was there, therefore, as I live, says the Lord God, I will do according to your anger and according to the envy which you showed in your hatred against them. And I will make myself known among them. In other words, I'll make myself known among the people of Judah when I judge you. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have heard all your blasphemies which you have spoken against the mountains of Israel saying, They are desolate. They are given to us to consume. Thus with your mouth you have boasted against me and multiplied your words against me. I have heard them. Now let me stop right there. Did you hear what he said? You spoke blasphemies when you spoke against Israel. And he says when you've done that, that means you boasted against Israel. Is that what he says? No, you boast against me. And and you multiplied your words against me. Do you remember the story of Saul of Tarsus? Saul of Tarsus going up to Damascus to persecute the Christians there in the book of Acts. His whole intent was, I'm going to take as many Christians and wipe them out as I can, put them in prison, kill them, whatever I can, because he hated them so much. And Jesus came to Saul of Tarsus on that road there, knocked him off his high horse and spoke to him says, Why are you persecuting the Christians? No. He says, Why are you persecuting me? Well, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. That you're persecuting. Now, I give that to you for a couple of reasons. Number one, for you to understand that, yeah, I believe that God is still working in and through Israel. Are they a righteous nation? Yeah, how many of you guys have been to Israel? Uh Robert, you and Bertha, some of you had Nancy. You go there and you realize it's not a righteous nation. It's a very religious nation, and there's just about every religion you could possibly think of, from Baha'i to LDS to, to Orthodox to everything there. But it's not a godly nation, but yet... According to God's word, God is still at work in that nation. Why? Because God's not done with them yet. And again, that gives us hope, doesn't it? That when when, when we fail, that, that God's not done with us yet. Okay, so... When I, when I read things like this and I think of Saul and, and, and Jesus speaking to him, I'm reminded that again, God's hand is, is, is at work in the nation of Israel. He's not done with them yet. And as people and nations come against Israel, God's hand is going to be against them. Why? Because you're coming against His anointed, the one that He has called for Himself. That goes for you and I, too. If you are a child of God, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and somebody is persecuting you because of your faith, somebody's coming against you for your faith, you stupid Christians, I can't believe the the the, the, the fairy tales, uh, uh, all that you're doing. You're a bunch of hypocrites. I can't blah, 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 blah. You know what? What you and I need to do is let that run off us like water off a duck's back. Because who are they really persecuting? Who are they really going? Jesus. Jesus himself. And so as you and I realize that, then that means that we can keep a relationship, a communication open even between those. Now suddenly we get, you know, our, our, you know, wig out of shape and, and we, we get all upset about that and then suddenly we lose our connection to be able to ever share our faith with them. But again, if we can treat them with the same way that that Jesus treated those that came against him, what do you say? You you know, he was reviled, and yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a sheep like to the slaughter, and, and he didn't say a thing. If we could bless our enemies, if we could really get to that place of maturity in our Christian faith to where we really and truly could bless our enemies, if we could get to that place in our Christian life, I know that God would use us then to be able to minister to those who are so antagonistic against Christ, so antagonistic against Christ. Today is a day that really throughout our nation, we're trying to call people to remember Pastor Saeed Abedini, who's there in prison in Iran. Now it's well over a year that he's been there. They've moved him to another prison worse than the one that he was in, a prison that they say people that go into that one don't come out not alive. So there's a real push that today, December 4th, would be a day of just remembering Pastor Saeed and lifting him up in prayer. You know, one of the reasons why I believe they moved him to the prison that he was in is because of his graciousness to the guards that were there, that he was seeing guards come to Christ, he was seeing prisoners come to Christ, a man who was imprisoned and beaten. And yet, again, when he was reviled, he didn't come back at him again. He just, again, tried to allow the Lord to work through him. He's not perfect. I know he's struggling. That's why he needs our prayers. That's why he needs our prayers for strength and for boldness, but also for safety. In verse 13, they're speaking against Israel, just as those that come against you actually speak against the Lord. When they're speaking against Israel, they're speaking against the Lord. When they speak against you, they speak against the Lord. Verse 14, thus says the Lord God, the whole earth will rejoice when I make you desolate. Wow, what a judgment God's giving. As you rejoiced because the inheritance of the house of Israel was desolate, so I will do to you, you shall be desolate, O Mount Seir, as well as all of Edom, all of it. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Now that's a pretty powerful declaration for God to make. That again, we're going to wipe you out. You you celebrated when 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 Judah was wiped out, but they were only wiped out for a season. You're going to be wiped out forever. So that's the word back in sixteen or six hundred BC, a couple of hundred years before this. Around the time of Malachi's writing, just shortly after the writing of Malachi, there's a group of people called the Nabataean nomads. They were a semi-nomadic tribe, the Nabataeans. The Nabataeans started moving and working throughout Edom, and they started defeating the Edomite people. They started tearing down the walls of their city, and caused the edomite people actually to to flee from their country now because the nevittian people were semi nomadic they had their herds they had their sheep and their cattle and different things they didn't care anything about the cities that the that the people of edom had and so all of their cities became waste places all of their cities became places where jackals and owls found habitation because they didn't use the cities, and the cities just continued to decay and to decay and to decay. The Edomites, as their cities rotted after they left them, they went further south. They settled in a place called uh, where, where in in uh, a country or a region called Edom- Edomian, spelled different than the other. This is I D O E A. They became the Edomites, not the idiot. But the Idiomites, okay, that's where the family of King Herod came out of, okay? So that's where all that is. But eventually, all of that dissolved away. They got just sucked up in other cultures and other lands. So when the word says back in Malachi, verse 5, it says, Your eyes shall see, and you shall say, The Lord is magnified beyond the border of Israel. Why? Because our God is is omnipotent, all-powerful, he's omnipresent, he is all over. He's not just the God of Israel, he's the God of all creation, the God of all creation. Now, that was the word to Edom. Now Malachi moves in and he begins talking to not just the people of Israel or Judah, It's Israel now, that they've come back into a nation. But here he's going to speak to a particular group. He says in verse 6, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Well, if then I am the father, then where is my honor? And if I am a master, then where is my reverence? When I read that, I thought, immediately of what Isaiah speaks in the first chapter of Isaiah. And Isaiah says, You know, the ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know, my people do not consider. Well, it's kind of the same words that he's speaking here. He says, If I where if I'm the Father, where's my honor? If I'm the Master, where's my reverence? says the Lord of hosts. But who does he say it to, Church? To you. He's speaking to the religious leaders. He's speaking to the priests. And he goes on to say, and yet you, to the priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? And then he's going to go on to speak that. But then again, before we even get into what he's going to speak about their bad religion, The thing that I see here is, again, we're going to find this denial all through the book of Malachi. God's going to bring a judgment against the people. He's going to declare a thing against the people, and they're going to deny it. Well, in what way? When? How did we do that? I never did that. How many of you guys have children that, you know, says, hey, who took this? Not me. Not me. Uh Uh-uh. Who broke that? Not me. Uh Uh-uh. And you think, wow, it's the same kind of concept. We learn it very young, don't we? So he goes on to say, they ask, in what way have we despised your name? And God's going to tell them, you've got bad religion. You've got bad religion. Listen to what he says. You offer defile food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying that the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is that not evil?" And what kind of sacrifices were they supposed to offer church? Anybody perfect. They were supposed to spotless they were supposed to make sure it 's not broken, it's not lame, there's no spots on it, uh, it, it It's fine. And so that what, what, what we found out that they do is that they would take, well, I can't get anything out of that one at, at the market. I'll give that to the Lord. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll give this to the Lord because it's no, it's no good to me, so I might as well give it to the Lord. And this is what God is saying. You're despising my name. You are defiling my altar in this. He says in, in all of this, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Try offering that to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? How true that is. I just don't feel like paying my taxes this week, this year. It's okay, isn't it? But yet, the people of God do that in their giving to the Lord. I just don't feel like. In our service to the Lord. Well, if I have any time left over or anything, I won't go too far because then I'll start preaching and then get everybody upset and mad. But you understand what he's speaking there, okay? I don't think any of us missed the point of what he's speaking. Verse 9, he says, but now entreat God's favor. Entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably? Who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles." In every place incense shall be offered to my name, a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord. What in the world did he just say here as he says, why don't you come entreat me? Come again, lay your life before me. Seek again that forgiveness. Turn your life around. Repent, in essence, is what he's saying. But then he says in verse 10, I wish somebody would just go and lock the church doors. Turn out the lights, lock the doors, because there's nothing happening in here that's pleasing me at all. Wow. Ichabod. God has left. What a, what a, what a desperate situation that is. What a, what a desperate word that would be of somebody coming and say, you know what? I've visited your church. I've been at your church. You might as well lock the doors. You might as well close the doors. There's nothing happening there. But yet God says, but that's not going to stop my kingdom from moving and going. As a matter of fact, from the rising of the sun, even to its going down. In other words, from, from east to west, again, speaking of that, of that, that work, the expanse of God's kingdom, He's going to continue to, to do His work. The question is, is do you want Him to do it in and through you? Do you want to get to that place where he literally says, you know what, I've tried working in your life, I've tried working through your life, but you're closed off to me. Therefore, I'm going to work and I'm going to do my work at will in and through someone else. And then all of that comes back in verse 12. But you profane it, the table of the Lord, in that you say the table of the Lord is defiled. And its fruit and its food is contemptible. You also say, oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it. Says the Lord of hosts, you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand? Says the Lord. But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male, and he takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. He tells him, you come up and says, man, serving the Lord, that's just so hard. Just so hard. Sacrificing to the Lord, that's so hard. To give anything to the Lord, that's just so hard. To take out of my time to serve the Lord in some place, to volunteer uh, in in service of the Lord—that's just so, my, man. You don't understand how busy my life is. I've got I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. I don't have time to to serve the Lord. But God God understands that. He'll know. But from what I read and what Malachi tells us here, God says, "No, you're you're coming." And in essence, we we offer up an emptiness.
0: In these perilous times that we live in, how can we know for sure what is to come? The 12 Minor Prophets highlight many future events that will bolster our faith as we study them. You can download today's teaching or subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Subscribing to The Open Word Podcast is the best way to stay up to date with all the latest messages from David. To subscribe, log on to TheOpenWord.com. Click on the podcast option on the homepage or simply search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. That's info at TheOpenWord.com. When you contact us, please let us know the call letters of the station you heard The Open Word on and how today's broadcast has blessed you. Your feedback helps us know the Lord's direction for this ministry. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God So please make plans to join us again and may God richly bless you.